One of them is a licensed attorney. The other is an unlicensed welder. They go together like toothpaste and mayonnaise. But if you want to learn about the law and about welding in one podcast, this is, well, literally your only option. We checked. Welcome to Law and Solder. Welcome to episode one of what may be a brief run. I don't know. My name is Chris Harris. I am an attorney licensed to practice law in the state of Texas since 1998, and my co-host is a welder. Hi, Jamal. How are you? That was a... Man, that was a letdown. Um, yeah. Well, I would. Yeah. Uh, I, I, look, uh, honesty above all other things. I'm not going to embellish. Yeah, there was absolutely zero superlatives <laughs> in front of my name. Well, while you earn, read your resume. Well, fucking earn some. Damn. All right. Um, so this is a this is a conversation. I thought when you do a podcast, it is apparent to me that you have to pick a category. Uh, sure. And uh, welding law was not one of those categories, um, but you could pick careers. Uh, so I picked that one uh, and I picked music. That's a thing that we can talk about at some point. Sure. String theory. Uh, right. Uh, that's not music, but uh, physics. It, but there was actually a science category, so I could have picked that. But let's be real. You know, I didn't go to law school because I'm good at math. Right. I'll take music for 400. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, first episode, I think we should start by introducing ourselves, okay? Uh, sure. Since you were unhappy with the resume building that I did for you, why don't you build your own? Why don't you, I would say the, the appropriate word here is admit what a failure you are. <laughs> sure, telling us. sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So, you were born successfully somewhere, I, right? I that? was, yes. Uh, I was born in the state of California. Um, in a tiny town called Modesto on the way to nowhere. So already uh, a failure at the age of correct. zero. Yes. Yeah. Uh, nice. And immediately, immediately upon setting foot in California, we headed to Oregon. And that's actually the state that I claim that I was raised okay. in for the most part. So you grew up in Oregon with like right. a pack of wolves or who was in Yeah, I grew up in a, in a tiny little town in eastern Oregon. Uh called Pendleton, known for uh, a world-famous rodeo that they have. So my, my being named Jamal in the <laughs> rodeo town, I got to tell you, it was a huge hit on the playground. <laughs> we should probably explain, as if you don't sound like it, um, wh yeah. what, is, what is your racial heritage? Uh, I am white Anglo-Saxon American. Okay, and, and, and your for, full name is For what? reasons unknown to me, my <laughs> dearly past mother decided to name me, again, in Eastern Oregon, to a family of five white people, Jamal Cesare Boucher. <laughs> Man, I've known you for 20 years. You've never before admitted to me that your middle name is Cesare? Yeah. Oh no. It's yeah. It's it's uh. It's fantastic. It's it's a name. It's <laughs> the a name. First, the first day of school must have been a fucking nightmare for you. It is a name that ensures that I will <laughs> never remember your name when we're meeting each other. 
because it is so hard to get my name across that that takes up all the oxygen in the room. <laughs> and you're just gauging reactions, you know? Yes. When, let me, wait, I'm going to, I didn't plan on this, but at what age did you figure out um, that it would probably be a good idea? You were an early adopter, I'm sure, of putting your photograph on a resume. I'm thinking oh, like wow. by, eighth, yes. by eighth grade. You yeah. Were doing that, right? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I, I was in Pendleton. I, I, I was there until uh, eighth grade. In eighth grade, my folks moved to Alaska. And I stayed behind. Were, were, well, were your parents fugitives? Why the fuck are they no, 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 in no. Pendleton and Alaska? Yeah. And yeah, I should okay. say. Um, my parents were both drug and alcohol counselors. Um, counselors. counselors. Correct. Okay. Yes, correct. Um, and they got a job up there managing a house for like wayward teens. Yeah, also known as all of Alaska. Yeah. Um, People don't go to Alaska because they're... Everything's going great. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> no. Alaska Alaska is pretty much a last resort. Okay. Um, but my folks uh, kind of, you know, they went out ahead to make sure that everything was, you know, going to be kosher before they moved me. Because I was the still the, I was the only kid left that was still a child. All my brothers and sisters were already grown. Um, so, so they went up ahead. Absolutely an accident is what you're saying. Oh, yeah. There's like 12 years difference between... Uh, my, <laughs> me yes. and my next oldest sister, they all what? have the same dad and then I have a separate and unique dad. Okay. So was your, was your different father at all involved in the creation of the name Jamal Cesare Boucher? <laughs> I'm going to guess. I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't meet him until years later, like in my thirties. But Wait a minute. He wasn't in yeah. Alaska? He didn't go no. to Alaska? No, no okay. my mom. My mom remarried uh, when I was about five, four or five. It only took you five years to run off your biological father. Yeah, no, I think he left. He uh, he was gone within like four or five months, and then it was just my mom, probably just slaying dudes left and right, and then she <laughs> she she landed on the the man that eventually she did marry. And then that was when I was, yeah, I was around four or five. This is a brief interlude since we don't have any sponsors. Um, Jamal and I got disconnected. So for continuity's sake, there was a large break. And then I tried to pick it up where we left off unsuccessfully. You said none of your siblings have the name Boucher. Correct. Uh, you have the last name of Boucher. So so it, your biological father is not the biological father of these other people, but this is the same guy who was with your mom for like a year and a half? Or how did yeah. that happen? Yes. Uh, there, I believe that their relationship was uh, awfully short and probably not the best because she rarely spoke of him. Um, so I'm just going to guess that it was more of a, you know, I don't, I don't even know why I have his last name because I'm pretty sure that my mom never did. So well, I, I don't know. That's a legal thing. Uh, if he is the... I wish that I knew a lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Uh, if, 
if he was in fact your biological father, uh, even if they weren't married at the time that you were born, your mother was asked a question in the hospital, most likely, uh, who was the father of this child? And that's for state records. It's an official thing. Oh, got you. Uh, yeah. And so uh, if they were married, he would be what's known as the presumed father. But if they weren't married, then they would ask her and she would say, Boucher. And then they would say, okay, and what do you want to name this child? And then they would howl in laughter for like five and a half minutes internally as she uttered out Jamal Cesare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Boucher, they're yeah. like, I don't think this shit fits. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a joke. Don't write that down. And it was too late. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, this is fascinating. I've known you for 20 years and I don't know this lineage. So so yeah. your mom moves to Alaska. Is, With, yes. is Boucher in tow at that point? No, no. This was when uh, he was gone before I was two. And this was in the summer between my seventh and eighth grade year. Okay. So when I was still was she attached, relatively good. Was she attached to anybody after he left? Yes. She was married to uh, – she got married when I was four-ish or five. I don't really remember. Okay. So, you're, obviously. so your stepdad is the guy who yes. you kind of think of as your dad. Sure, yes, absolutely. 100%. What is his last name? Jackson. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That's so much – better <laughs> here's where it's gonna here's where it's gonna be really funny um he's also black nice so wait yes you so were named jamal boucher by before a white he man. was ever in the picture yes <laughs> okay now guess which one of these five children was his favorite <laughs> anyways so um they moved up there ahead of time to make sure, you know, whatever, to, to give it the once over. I lived with my grandmother for about seven months there. And then I followed them up there. Now, the cool thing about being named Jamal and being sight unseen yeah. is that when you sign up for school in the summer for the next school year, every single athletic director contacted me. I was invited to try out for basketball, football, baseball, wrestling, all, you name it. All of the, uh, as my oldest son would say, all the sports balls called you, huh? Correct. Yes. And then I would, you know, show up and all of a sudden the team would be full. So... <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, I, I only went to the first two. Yeah. What an unbelievably racist country we live in. I'm not going to pretend yes. that it, you or I uh, can understand the plight of the black man in America, right. but if a white dude sort of can have a, an understanding of it, uh, yeah. it would it would maybe be a white dude named B Jamal Boucher or even Jamal, the, Jamal Jackson probably would have been worse, yes. actually. Yeah. Yes, yeah. with the black dad, the the only black dad, also the only black man in town. Well, so he was a progressive so, guy. So yeah. yeah, I mean, there was just a gigantic bullseye. Did you did you like Mr. Jackson? Was he a he good, was, good dad? He was fantastic. Yes. So how long was, did it take your mom to run him off? Uh, he was here until uh, his unfortunate death in his fifties in oh, no. of all places, Redding, California. Oh, and that's where you're living now, right? So nothing Correct. happened in between Alaska and Redding, I assume, except that you at some point became a welder. 
So yeah, uh, and yeah. we, we got to talk about welding for a minute. So, I don't know why anybody would want to do that, but sure. No, well, because I don't know Jack about welding other than I can't do it. It looks like medieval magic to me. Um, and I'd like to know, especially now, I, I was just reading an article. Uh, as you know, I have a, uh, I've got three kids and the youngest of them is now 20. And he is, um, how do I say this in case they listen to this after I'm dead? Um, he is struggling to find his way in life, uh, as many 20-year-olds are. And now, is his name Jamal as well? It's not. Okay. By the way, did you ever hear a song by Johnny Cash called A Boy Named Sue? I did. Yeah. So that's why you were named Jamal. It builds oh, it I, builds character. Is, so much character, dude. Yeah. So, oh. <laughs> You're just fucking chock full of it. It's so, fallen out of me. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so... Um, I just saw a thing in the paper recently about the increased need for welders, you know, because as our country kind of moved into everybody needs to go to college, which is bullshit, yeah. uh, we had a severe lack of training and education relating to the trades. And I was just kind of curious if it's between the Army and welding, which direction do I push them in? Um, well, I mean, for me, uh, I could have never survived in the army or any of the armed services, just I do not have the temperament for it. Um, Wait, maybe he does. Now, now that's very judgmental. What is the temperament no, no, no. for the army? No, no, no. Here's what I mean. Hey, uh, hey, you idiot, go do these things, and then I, I wouldn't go do those things. Gonna, to put it nicely, <laughs> you're going to have to analyze it and have some snappy comeback. Yes, correct. And then, yeah, it's just a lifelong push-ups, push-ups, push-ups. And I just, I don't have any interest in doing that. Every, every 80s movie uh, about the army taught me that that is no way to succeed in the army unless, right. unless you happen to have the ability to steal some kind of an RV and <laughs> right, yeah, and save the world. And <laughs> yes. we, we know you don't have that kind of ability. So that is not in my wheelhouse. No. So if it were me, um, I would definitely push into the trade schools because there is no way to outsource that job. It's not going to be taken over by an app. I mean, not anytime soon. And as you just said, there is a there is a huge number of jobs out there being unfilled, just waiting for candidates to do them. Well, that's got to be good news for you, right? Sure. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's a fine job. I've done it for so long that just about like anything else that you've done for any length of time, I'm completely over it. But <laughs> that being said, yeah, it is a skill set that I possess that I can sort of, uh, it, it gives me a leg up in a lot of the job offers in my community. Well, that's good. I think the whole idea that, you know, you should love your job is way oversold because, I mean, that's why they give you money for it, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. And after 20, 22 years of practicing law, I can promise you, no matter how diversified your job is when you've been doing it yeah. for a couple of decades, you're fucking over it, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. You can only be burnt up and cut up and smashed up, uh, you know, so many times before, yeah, it just loses its luster. So, and there's there's a good point and one to think about. I mean, you have a physical job. Uh, Correct, and yeah. it takes a toll on your body. Uh, and no way implies that I am in any kind of shape. I don't want to misconstrue uh, <laughs> well, that whatsoever. It just means that I have to heave and huff and puff a lot more to do my job than, say, me. 
entering data into a computer. Right. Right. Well, like a, yeah. you've never been on the losing side of a motion for summary judgment. <laughs> That's true. Or even know what those words mean. Yeah. There's a... Uh, the the stress in my job is different. It's not as physical. Um, although I think most attorneys definitely battle physical demons uh, that relate to obesity and alcoholism, but I view those as largely being within their control. So it's not the same thing. It's not like a required Wait, is part there, of the job. Yeah, is there an obesity problem in the, in the law there's, field? There's a fucking obesity problem in America, dude. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yes. When I when I think of uh, for some reason when I think of obese, jo- it's truck drivers, like long haul truck drivers. Oh, that's what for I, I sure. don't. For some reason, I picture lawyers all playing golf or tennis or any of the other super girly sports. Yeah, that's the TV. Yeah. that's the TV lawyers. I haven't swung a golf club in 15 years. You know. Yeah. So. Um, how did you get into welding? Um, it was just a job at the time that was offered to me as a, I was working at a fabrication plant. I, at the time, worked in the paint booth, just uh, an electrostatic paint booth. You probably don't know what that means and that's okay because I'm... I do, I'm a painter. Oh, okay, good, great. So I, that's what I did. And, um, one of the higher paying positions they had out there was welding. And at one point, my boss said, you know, you've been here, blah, 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 blah. Would you like to learn how to weld? And so I said, sure. Um, I was shown how to weld, and I started doing that. And by the time I left that company, I was the only certified uh, structural welder in the facility. Structural um, welding, so, meaning you're yeah. responsible for the girders not mean, coming apart? Exactly. Okay. When, you see, when you see a construction site and you see all the steel, and it's usually red-colored, uh-huh. uh, yeah, all the columns and beams, all the uprights and acrosses, yes, I was responsible for joining those. So to those who don't know, whenever you are driving uh, in any kind of a downtown metropolitan area uh, and you see a building standing up, you need to thank Jamal. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Especially Foot Lockers and I want to say it was Taco Bell's. We had a contract. A lot of them, huh? Yes, exactly. Oh, what would America be without Taco Bell and Foot Lockers? So um, I mentioned that we've sort of known each other for a couple of decades. What What is your memory of how we got to know each other? What was it on a was it on a job site where I was welding? Uh, no, uh, oddly enough. No, I believe it was on... It was on homerecording.com. Re- re- oh, that's right. That's what it was called. I was... Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, H R. I think it was homerecording.com. DC, the, yeah. For, okay, yeah. For anybody under the age of, I don't know, 50, uh, the early days of the internet were kind of beautiful because the only Vastly people... different. Yeah, the only people who were on it were kind of like... I don't want to say tech savvy, but at least problem solving libertarians who were sort of like early adopters of technology um, and Jamal. And uh, yeah, I was definitely tech adjacent. Go ahead. <laughs> so, so in the early days of the internet, Jamal and I are both musicians and, um, and I, it, I was learning how to record on a computer, which was very novel technology in the mid to late nineties. Uh, I was not. Yeah, you were. Yeah, you were. Because before that, you had to record the actual tape. And so I was somewhat familiar with how to use uh, 4-track. I should rephrase that. You were there to learn how to record. I was there. To showcase your uh, awesome talent. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Yes. So this this particular 
uh, it's like set up like a bulletin board, an electronic bulletin board, which I guess BBSs are maybe they're still a thing, but um, I don't think they're even a thing. That's all that existed as far as I knew. That and porn uh, were the only two reasons to log on <laughs> to a computer and aim. in 1995, yeah. unless you were with the NSA. So, um, yeah, so I joined this site in order to read articles about how to hook a microphone up to a computer and multi-track. And they had this forum on there called the MP3 Mixing Clinic, where you could proudly display your wares, your recorded <laughs> audio tracks, for internet strangers to just decimate in terms of uh, the recording quality, the song quality, how shitty your avatar was. I mean, it was like, it's kind of a, a free-for-all, but, but still it was different because... I felt like a lot of us were in the same boat, you know. We it was a community. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, that's what, at the end of the day, anyways. Yeah, we would fuck with each other, but at the same yes. time, it's like, well, I mean, this guy at least had the savvy to, you know, sign on to the internet, and he's trying to record, so he's a musician. We all had a starting point of at least that as common ground. Yep, and... I don't know, when they made the internet easy enough for everybody's fucking mother to sign on to Facebook, it just got weird. Uh, so we're both on there. Anything else to that story? Yeah, I believe I I, I loaded up uh, one of my magnificent uh, recordings. <laughs> I, w I was known on the boards as probably one of the best uh, recording, <laughs> mixing, and mastering technicians. How are um, you? Yeah. Yeah. I remember, Anyways, it, I remember it so differently, but go ahead. I, I uploaded a song, and somehow you stumbled across it and were able to hear through the Fisher Price, my <laughs> first recording setup that I had to hear a glint of something in there that you that were cool, fond enough of. Yeah. That's a cool to, song. That you actually sent me a, a message uh, just to say that you thought it was, you dug it. Yeah. Well, that sounds like me because I'm pretty awesome and encouraging. Yeah, that's very true. Yes. So um, I had at least three weeks experience on you in terms of mixing. So I'm sure I offered to clean everything up, right? Yeah. Yeah. I believe this is like, hey, uh, I could probably help you make this not sound like abject dog crap. <laughs> I don't think I would have uh, said it like that. It, maybe, maybe I, I think it, it was a little flowerier. Um, but And then you asked me to send you my tracks, and that's where it all began. And that's when the docking happened, right? Yes. Yeah, at that point, we became uh, one person. For, <laughs> well, that, that's kind of uh, true, actually, because, you know, without uh, a lot of proof as to who people were and just using made-up names as everybody did in the early days of the internet, we did have a lot in common and we kind of type and speak similarly in terms of Correct. our written communication. Yeah. And there was a large yeah. contingency that thought that, I don't know, that we were the same person pretending. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We be. couldn't, yeah, there was nothing that, that there were some people on there, I believe who probably still think that to this day. And that's absolutely crazy. Well, when, when you, you know, hear your songs and my songs, <laughs> we sound literally nothing alike. Yeah. So maybe they thought that we were 
I don't know, farming out the vote. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I didn't even tell you this, but the only reason I'm doing the podcast is to prove, because even though it's been 20 years, I'm still friends with some of these people because, you know, we eventually met in person as I did with a whole bunch of people and, uh, and nobody could ever see us in the same room at the same time. So there is a picture of us actually that exists, uh, when we've met a few times now, but, um, yeah, I want to. I want to post a link to this to like the Dragon Cave on Facebook. Have you seen that? I no, I have not. Well, it is a forum inhabited by people who got kicked off of Home Oh, it's the Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking it's about. Like yeah, a, I actually I have, yeah. But it's a Facebook group so it fucking sucks. Oh, that I don't have. No. Nope. Yeah. Um and everybody's over 100 now cuz I don't know I gave if, up I don't know if you noticed but we did get old at some point. Well, uh, I mean Sure. Yeah. No, that's fine. I remember when your first child was born. That child is probably driving now. That child just turned 18 uh, wow. two weeks ago. F- fucking voting. Wow. Yeah. Oh, he missed it by four days. He was so bummed about it. Was he? Is he a big Trumper? Oh, for sure. Yeah, me and pretty much my whole family, yeah, we're uh, – uh, live or die on the Trump train. That's I don't think that's, that's true at all. That's absolutely not, and it hurt my mouth to even say that. <laughs> because you're a communist from California, right? Yeah, or just a person who cares at all about anybody else. Yeah, that's well, no. or, yeah, that's that's probably communism. Well, now let's not let's not alienate our our Trump friends out there. Actually, who am I kidding? My mother is going to listen to this and she really hates Trump. And nice. I, I think my wife, she's very conservative in all aspects of her life, but she tells me that she just can't stand Trump. Now, how she votes, I don't know. Well, does she, I mean, I does she possess, does she have ears and eyes? Both of those things. And so she, I can see, yeah, absolutely. I can see where that might be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> She is, uh, she's not a fan of Trump. Actually, I've, you, you may know this. I don't know. I voted for, I voted for George Bush. I voted for Clinton and I'm talking about George Bush one, uh, and two, and I voted for Clinton and I voted for Obama. So I, uh, I kind of held my nose and voted for Hillary, but she was the first presidential candidate that I voted for that did not win. And, really? Uh, oh, yeah. So it was your fault. Cool. Well, well no, I, no, I took, you know, I did my okay, well, civic duty. When uh, I tell the story later, you will be the reason that Hillary Clinton lost. That's all I'm saying. That sounds fair. Okay, uh, continue. All right. Well, I don't really have anything to continue with. You know, we covered kind of not even a tiny bit of your career other than you are welding. What kind of welding can you do, by the way? Uh, I can do right now. My job entails almost exclusively TIG welding uh, aluminum, which is not one of the easiest to do. Uh, I do a tiny bit of MIG at work, but it's mostly yeah, TIG welding, TIG tungsten and, welding. Yes, TIG and MIG, huh? Correct. Is M for like mercury or something? What's that? <laughs> uh, it, it, the MIG. All you need to remember is MIG spits out the wire for you, and TIG doesn't. TIG takes two hands. MIG welding takes one hand. It seems like the MIG would be the way to go. It's definitely the easiest. That's what almost everybody... There's still people, I don't know, farmers that stick weld, but 
I mean, unless you're in a muddy field and you have no other options, that's the only reason I could think anybody would ever do that. What, uh, what is what is arc welding? Is that a thing? That is stick welding. That is stick welding. Okay. Yes. And that's like a, a piece of iron that you just melt. Yes, and it's it's a it has a what do you call it? It's the the stick has the gas not in gas form, but in solid form around it. So the shielding gas that a normal welder uses, you have to have, you know, get, uh, shielding gas uh, to push the oxygen away so that the fire will happen. Okay. Um, in stick welding, all of that is contained in the stick and it just looks like a big giant sparkler. But the shielding part of the stick welding happens at the stick. You don't need an external gas source. So that's why it works when you're like out That's in why field. you're saying, yeah, if you're just a... Yeah. The Flintstones probably stick welded. And yeah. Yeah, they were into the Most of South Carolina, I'm going to guess. <laughs> to this day. <laughs> uh, all right. So my job is I'm a, I'm a lawyer. Uh, I've been a lawyer since the late 90s. I... On several occasions, you've been my lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when the fuck are you going to weld something for me? Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Let's see what else. I'm currently, uh, because we're in the middle of the apocalypse, at, at this time, I'm, uh, I'm also a hemp farmer because that's legal in the state of Texas. Um, my law partner and I uh, developed a small amount of, I'll call it notoriety, uh, doing some music videos about the law and cannabis. And I was, thereafter contacted by everybody who's interested in cannabis in the United States of America to ask, are you a wow. cannabis attorney? And I would say, <laughs> uh, not yet, you know, yeah, but you. Texas just recently uh, legalized hemp because we are roaring into the 21st century right now. A lot of, a lot of stick welders in Texas, yeah. Oh man, and they're trying to fuck us on the hemp bill too. So we're growing hemp, right? And this is mm -hmm. a project really for my son is why I wasn't going to start being a farmer at age 50. If I was left to my devices, I'm too lazy. Um, but when they legalized hemp, his dream has been to, to grow cannabis. Uh, but he wants to do it legally because we're just not built for jail. And he, uh, when I saw this program after they legalized the hemp nationwide through the federal bill, uh, Texas, it took them a year, but they said, okay, we'll let you grow stuff to make rope out of. And then, and then after everybody started growing it in Texas, they immediately said, oh, by the way, you cannot grow smokable hemp. And for those who don't know, hemp is cannabis. I mean, it's the same plant. It's the same exact plant. There's it's can cannabis light. Well, yeah, it's cannabis indica and cannabis sativa. Um, there's actually a third that I can't remember, but it's got all the, you know, there's other stuff in weed besides THC and. But these, you can't, you can't smoke a hemp rope, right? Or can you? I, you can, I guess you can smoke. You can't, I mean, you could yeah. smoke a Brillo pad if you had a, sure. if you had a stick to weld with. Right. Um, right. but no, the, the plant itself, the part of marijuana that people typically smoke is the flower the bud, the right. after the plant hits puberty, it flowers. And I'm just taking your word for it. I have no idea. I've of, never seen of marijuana course. in my life. Of, so yeah, of, go ahead. Of course not. So um, anyway, the same, because it's the same plant, the process is the same, but smokable hemp is actually somewhat desired because 
while you can make rope and, I don't know, uh, barn filler out of the rest of it, uh, you can you can make all kinds of like construction projects, uh, products. It's a fascinating plant. But the only part that my son is interested in is the actual flower. And people use this in states like California and Oregon and Washington, where the weed is like 25% THC or something crazy like that. Uh, some people actually like to smoke. And the problem is if you take more than one hit <laughs> off of some really potent weed, all you're doing is wasting weed. You're not going to get any higher. And so right. people like to cut it kind of like scotch and water. A hit is a is a smoking implement, correct? You're just fucking with me at this point. So, Anyways, yeah. So, um, so our lieutenant governor says, "Oh, we can't tell the difference between some smokable hemp and marijuana. So, smokable hemp is going to be illegal." Oh my god! So people have already got this stuff in the ground or in plants growing. And then he says the most profitable part of the plant, just forget that shit. So somebody files a lawsuit, several people actually in the state of Texas, and they said the ban on smokable hemp is suspended until, and we're doing this at the end of November in 2020, but the ban is apparently suspended by an injunction in a court until February 21st. So nobody knows if the stuff that I'm Uh, growing right now is going to be legal, but I know this, I'm going to harvest before February 21st and we will sell it legally. And then after that, we'll see what happens. But yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's I, I don't how does that not come up beforehand you know when they're crafting the laws when they're lobbying when they're you know what i mean how how is the the biggest part <laughs> that you know is going to be the biggest part of that product not even well because i think a lot of about. people didn't know like for, oh. for example um when people think of him, I mean, I've seen reporters talk about it and they're like, well, yeah, if you tried to smoke it, you just get a headache. And I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about because hemp well, has... Well, hemp, it has, to me, it says, uh, I've been to a Renaissance fair. That's yeah. pretty much all <laughs> right. that I... Right. Yeah. It's got to be weird for you because you live in a state where it's just full-on state legal. So... Oh, it's yeah. not only legal in I live in Northern California and it's just about mandated here. I don't <laughs> it is it is the weirdest. I'm 99% sure that the mayor here enjoys marijuana. Well, it's if, everywhere. If your mayor has a Heineken now and again, why wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, absolutely. No, it but it is such a stark contrast to mainly the most of the rest of my life and anywhere I've ever lived. Yeah. It is it well, is such a it is such a ubiquitous part of the the culture, the state, the atmosphere here. It's just not even brought up. It's it's not even a con you does that make sense? Well nobody yeah, even talks about it. Well, it's because everybody's everybody's high and worshiping the devil now. And that's so, true. Yes. Uh yeah. No, I tell you, it's weird coming from because I spent some time in Colorado, so it's it's weird in a almost like a Disneyland kind of way to go from a state like Texas to Colorado and see, you know, uh, <laughs> dispensaries, even when they yeah. were just medical that would have hours on them that were like noonish to late, you know, you and go, you can have weed delivered to your house here. Oh, no, I, or, I'm very familiar yeah. with it. So my point yeah. is that it's weird to go from a state like Texas to that. But what I, what would be really weird would be living in Colorado 
and then coming to Texas and having to look over your shoulder. And yeah. by, by the way, if anybody is listening to this and you've had the brilliant novel idea to, I don't know, drive to Colorado and bring some cannabis back with you, just know this. You're not the first person to try that. And if you're <laughs> if you're coming south through the panhandle of Texas or through, you know, southern Oklahoma with Texas plates, there is going to be a reason manufactured to pull you over. No, you didn't use your blinker. I know you think you did, but nope, you didn't. And you're gonna get popped. And and for anybody who doesn't know, any any kind of concentrate, any edible. Uh, like a gummy or a cookie or a brownie is automatically a felony in the state of Texas. Uh, wow. Yeah. And they, you know, what's even worse, they actually, they, they don't treat it like marijuana. They treat it like, uh, like heroin. And they include the weight of the food as part of the product. So if you have like, <laughs> yeah, if you have like a, wow. pound, a pound of brownies made out of yeah. like a misdemeanor amount of pot, uh, that's a well. You have yeah. You're a kingpin. It well. It's an enhanced first degree felony, punishable by 99 years in prison. It's like having a pound of heroin. <laughs> it's like having a pound of heroin. Now I'm not saying that they arrest people for that all the time, but they've got that leverage, you know. And yeah. Uh, so not worth it. Uh, is kind of where I stand on that. Um, well, I didn't plan on. Well, that's the law. We talked about welding and the right. law. We did sure. both of those, right? Yes. This has been kind of fun, right? We yeah. Should... Oh, it hasn't. It's been painless, that's for sure. I was a little bit hesitant to want to do this, but having gone through the first little chapter, it feels, yeah, it's all right. What is exciting is that no matter what we say, Chris, there is a zero chance that you and I will be what the kids call canceled because we, we aren't important at all. So we can literally say whatever we want. And that is as close to a ringing endorsement as I will ever hear from my buddy, Jamal Boucher. Thank you very much for listening to Law and Solder. I pray for the moment that I could